0: Hour number two of the Cougar Preview Show. Hour number four of the program overall. And remember, every Wednesday it's your Cougar Preview Show. Every Thursday it's your NFL Preview Show, and Eric Weddle will be on the show coming up tomorrow, as well as every Thursday throughout the NFL season. Really excited for some of the uh, some of the things we got coming down the pipeline. And then on Friday, um, uh, we've got we got a lot of fun stuff planned. Uh, so we got you covered. I know that we all wish Utah State, Utah, were playing and. Uh, the Pac-12, but uh, you know what? I got a sneaking suspicion Uh, we might be heading towards some November football for the Pac-12.
1: I hope so, man. It'd be great. That'd be great. A string of nine months of college football. That'd be fun. I'm all on board with that. Hey, by the way, a former uh, teammate of mine on the defensive side of the ball texted me and asked if we talked about the final minute of that game. I guess after Kevin Frederick hits the The touchdown, there was about a minute left.
0: Yeah, about a minute 12, minute 20.
1: He said that he and I split a sack in that final minute. So see if you got the highlights in that final minute. No, I I don't think that
2: footage is available.
1: Because everybody wants to talk about the the big touchdown. Anybody can lob a pass up in the
0: air. That's a pretty good pass.
1: But can you beat a 310-pounder to the quarterback? No. Anybody can run... Towards the sideline and catch a ball.
0: Well, Kevin Federick, you're puffing his chest out after that touchdown throw.
1: I know he is, big time.
0: All right. Uh, speaking of BYU victories, BYU gets a big one over the weekend. Uh, on Monday, they destroy Navy and uh, get themselves set up for uh, a game against Army in a week and a half. Jeff Grimes, the uh, offensive coordinator for BYU, joined DJ and PK earlier today. Here's that conversation. <laughs>
3: You know what? I, I no. I thought we would play well, um, but no. I I did not imagine it would be like that. I've got a lot of respect for for um, that program and the way Coach Nia, Nia Matalolo Nia runs <laughs> the program. And I know a couple of their coaches, and and I know they're um, they're certainly going to get their their ship righted, so to speak. But. Um, no, I, I didn't expect that, but you know what, we've got a lot of experience coming back on offense. And I, a number of people asked me, um, during the, during the quarantine days. And then as we got back to fall camp, how I felt like things were going for us. And I said, you know, I think we've got an opportunity here to be a little bit ahead of some other people because a We've got an experienced group coming back on offense. And so I think they're capable of doing more on their own, maybe than some young guys who don't know the system as well. And then B, the type of guys we have, I think, will take initiative and be self-starters and do a lot of stuff on their own. And I think that showed up Monday night.
4: So I know, Jeff, most coaches, you know, unless you're the uh... Service academies where you're running the option. They like to say they have, they want balance on offense on both sides, being able to throw and run the ball. But do you think after what we saw, and given the fact that you have so much experience up front in the trenches where you played, that you could establish an identity going forward, maybe this year as a running team?
3: I think we'll continue to stress balance. That's something that that I've said since I got here, and it's something I believe in strongly. And there will be some games where we do run the ball more. And then there will be some where we throw it a little bit more. And I think it, I think it depends on what the defense gives us. And I think um, most good teams, as you alluded to when you said maybe with the exception of service academies and then maybe a few um, Mike Leach, on the other side of that, most teams that you see are balanced. And it doesn't mean 50-50 run pass, but it means you're capable of running the ball or throwing the ball in any given scenario.
2: Jeff Grimes, BYU offensive coordinator, joining us. So they couldn't tell us on the broadcast enough that BYU had had uh, injuries and had to shuffle guys around. You have eight returning starting linemen on the offense there. And then uh, we've read stuff that, four guys are getting a lot of interest from the NFL now whether they get drafted or they stick remains to be seen but that means at least four of them have enough talent that scouts are you know taking multiple looks knowing that do you think the offensive line regardless of the stats is going to dominate enough that they're going to have to bring an extra defender up or you guys are going to be able to to run the ball pretty well
3: I hope so I think I think we've certainly got the makings of that kind of front and we've got um, a couple of running backs who, who played really well the other night. They played well within the scheme and they they made decisive, violent cuts. And uh, it, it was an example of the running backs on the O.I.P. and in game, working well together.
4: So we know you had heavy losses in the receiver core as far as guys not coming back. And, and certainly your Mill and Romney and, some, and getting Powell back. You returned some guys there, but you lost the bulk of your talent and then you lose Bushman and obviously that was a significant blow in a lot of different ways and we all wish him the best so that's why I was wondering that maybe until the passing game gets to where you want it to be you would lean more towards the run or are you comfortable thinking that the passing game is where you want it to be now so yeah you would have that balance
3: I didn't go into the game with the thinking that we were gonna run it more than we threw it. Sometimes you just get into a game and things just kind of roll that way you know and and if it's if if it's hitting then you keep then you keep going with it so that was really more of an example of that. I have a lot of confidence in our passing game. I think zach is is gonna, um considerably further along and at any time since I've been here, obviously his first year he was a he was a young punk freshman just trying to figure out what to do and then last year his health wasn't what it is now his arm is better the ball's coming out with more velocity and he's making good decisions um yes we did lose three competent receivers but i think we replaced them with three guys who were kind of in that next phase of their careers um matt was a significant blow and you know that that hurt us on the field that hurt me personally because. You know, in in all my years of coaching, that's one of the one of the most disappointing um, injuries I've been a part of because he was primed to have a great year and he's worked so hard for it. But we'll move forward, and we've got some young tight ends that that will step up, I'm sure. And you know, that that's probably the spot where we're where we're behind uh, where we anticipated being, but. Uh, to answer your question directly, I feel confident in our passing game and if we need to go into a game and grow it uh, twice as much as we run it to, to win the game, I think we're ready to do that.
2: Uh, with uh, Katoa and Algier running back, they're going to split time pretty evenly. You have some 60-40, 70-30 plan. How do you plan to handle playing time at that position going forward?
3: Yeah, we went into the game thinking that those two would split reps. And, you know, sometimes it just kind of depends on, on how a particular drive goes, how many how many runs get called in a row, and how soon a guy needs a blow because he, because he had a long run. Um, but I think they'll continue to split, split reps fairly evenly unless the case becomes that one guy's really got, a hot hand, and he's really feeling it one night, or one guy gets banged up a little bit. I think they'll both get plenty of carries.
4: Usually during the off season, you know, you know your schedule, and so your game plan for a couple of games, maybe up to three games, and maybe you might look at some other opponents down the line. Well, here everything was put together almost uh, metaphorically at the midnight hour. How you've been able to handle scouting teams? when you had no idea you're going to be playing these teams until relatively recently?
3: Well, fortunately we had plenty of time to to get ready for this Navy game. And, you know, as coaches, we're used to, to working with about a week to go in most cases anyway. And so we still had significantly more time than that. So I didn't feel, I didn't feel that we were jammed at all. We had more than enough time given the time that the game was announced and, and how much time we had to get ready for that one. And, and really, you we, we spend so much time. That first game is so important, you know, just getting off on the right foot and, and for the confidence of your, your team. I think it means a lot. And um, so we spent, you know, we spent most of our time on that one. And Certainly, we began looking at Army. But um, it to me, it hadn't, that hadn't been a big challenge. And just really, to be honest with you, so, so um, blessed and feeling so fortunate to be playing when so many other people aren't.
2: Jeff Grimes, BYU offensive coordinator, joining us. Since you mentioned Army, what did you think of their opening game? They get a shutout against Middle Tennessee State, and I don't know how good Middle Tennessee State is. They've got Louisiana Monroe uh, this weekend. What do you know about Army?
3: Yeah, I, I, I don't know how good Middle Tennessee is either. You know, sometimes it's, it's a little bit hard um, when you only have such a small sample size. You just got one game to go on, given any number of parameters, and those those conditions now are different than what they've ever been. Um, but um, I think there's certainly um, a team that's going to be a challenge for us, you know, another option running team, which we know what that can do in terms of your possessions. And, um, you know, they play they played a, a really hard and physical brand of football, it looks like to me, from the, from the time that I've spent watching their defense. And so I'm expecting to go up there and have a battle.
4: So Neil Montalolo after the game talked about how you know, they didn't do much hitting and he was erring on the side of caution during training camp with the COVID situation. Uh, what were your thoughts on how to prepare your team to play football, which obviously is a contact sport, under the circumstances that we have with the situation with the virus?
3: Well, the way I've looked at it is I'm being paid to coach football. Somebody else is being paid to make decisions uh, regarding what we're capable of doing, given different uh, health health uh, procedures and protocols and all of that stuff. And so, much job is operate within those protocols and and put the pedal down and go as hard as we can go. And my personality is one that I'm always going to push for as much work and as as difficult of work as we can possibly get. And so that's, that's what I've done. And, you know, I think it's been pretty good for us. We've been really blessed and our, I think our medical staff has done a great job of educating our players as a staff, you know, we've done what we can to try to keep the environment safe in our meeting rooms and anytime we're in the building. And, you know, it, it's been, um, it, it's really been a blessing for us to be as, as healthy as we have been.
2: Jeff Grimes, BYU Offensive uh, Coordinator, joining us right now on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. So when you're coaching and there's nobody in the stands, we've been told a million times by a million coaches and players, you know, it's a game of emotion. Do you handle any of that differently as far as pumping guys up or has it just become really clinical and, hey, this guy's got to block that guy and if we do that, this guy can run here and we'll have a big play?
3: You know, that's an interesting question, and I kind of wondered how that would go myself. The other thing that we as coaches have said for years is, hey, it doesn't matter where we play, it doesn't matter who's in the stands, we're going to play for each other, we're going to play for love of the game, and you could put us out in the parking lot and put the ball down and we'll be ready to play. And I wondered if that would be the case, certainly would it be the case to the same extent that we normally play with in terms of passion and emotion, because it is an emotional game. and. Um, I think it does play a large role in the game. But what it felt like to me was a little bit awkward when we were warming up and it was quiet and there were no fans out there. And then the ball kicked off and I didn't think about it again until I came out at the end of halftime and sat down with my call sheet and started reviewing my calls and thinking about what we wanted to go to on that first series. And I kind of looked up and realized there's actually no one here watching us. And it just felt... It felt a little bit strange at that moment again. And then the ball kicked off and we started playing and I didn't think about it again. I think you're just so busy in the moment and it felt like our players were as well, um, that it wasn't a factor once the ball
4: was in the air. So I was listening to some national shows on the satellite radio. And obviously on Monday they were talking about, or Tuesday I should say, they were talking about uh, the game because it was the game of the day basically as far as that goes. And I heard some comments about that very thing with the fans, you know, and I've traveled with BYU many times over the years, and I know that they have a lot of, and you know this too, that they have a good portion of a a fan base that travels, whether they're local, wherever you might be, or they travel from here or whatever it is. And, and they were talking about how you heard so much uh, noise, I guess, sound coming from the BYU sideline. Now, I'm up in the press box all the time, so you don't hear it because the stadium, if it's not packed, it's certainly drowning out your noise. I'm wondering if you noticed that your guys, the noise that was being made as far as the emotions, is that typical because you're on the sideline, you might be able to hear it. We don't hear it as that, or were they making an effort to maybe motivate themselves and everybody to make sure everybody's in the game because you had no fan base to get you into it?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a valid question. And um, we did talk about that as a staff ahead of time, um, bringing our own energy, bringing our own juice. And Aaron Roderick mentioned the Wisconsin game a couple of years ago when we were up there and looked down the sideline and we saw the energy coming from our sideline that, that worked its way onto the field for our guys. And and, uh, you know, I think that's one of one of Kalani's strong suits, you know, and I, I couldn't help but hearing the comment that was made about how he was acting on the sideline when I first got on the phone right. just now. But honestly, our players love that about him, and they love that that he's willing to show his passion and emotion for the game. And I think that produces a team that, is willing to, to do a little bit of what you're talking about on game day and, and I certainly talked to the offense about um, being emotional on the sideline, not only for ourselves, but for our defense and for our kicking game. And yeah, I think there there definitely was some of that. And I think it I think it was a result of um, our head coach and the way that Kalani carries himself and the, the passion that he exudes. And and I think it um, it shows something about about our guys and how much they they love each other and love the game.
2: You know, I think the offensive line, the way they blocked and all that, you know, they need a reward. I, I think they'd like to see your emotion and passion for the game. I like th- I like to see the, you coming across that sideline dancing. I'd like that, Jeff.
3: You're going to see a different sort of emotion for <laughs> me, and it's not going to involve any dancing on the sideline. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Tough guy growling, that kind of thing?
3: Say that one more time, sorry.
2: Tough guy growling, <laughs> staring yeah,
3: people maybe, down? Maybe, 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 maybe. some other things, too, but not dancing on the side. Man. I,
4: I thought I saw you at a couple dance clubs back in the day at Tempe. Was, was I wrong?
3: Uh, it might have been a country western club, if anything. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Do you think that there is a hyphen focus by your guys, because you literally are the only team in the West playing, so there's some more gratitude just simply to be able to practice and play, and that's leading to some more focus.
3: I think so. I do. I, I, I certainly feel that way when I talk to some of my friends uh, that are in coaching and aren't getting to do it right now, and I'm sure they feel the same way. And um, Yeah, I think so. I think we all just feel... Um, really fortunate to be in the position that we're in and and excited to play um I don't know maybe it's kind of like if you didn't know you were gonna get to have a christmas or something and then yeah. and then santa actually showed up you know that's kind of <laughs> it's yeah. kind of how it feels right now we didn't know if any of this was actually gonna happen and there were moments where early in fall camp I went in to talk to the offense at the beginning of a of a of a day where we were going to practice and I looked in their faces and they looked at me like, Yeah, I hear what you're saying, coach, but I don't know if I'm buying it." <laughs> you know, what I mean, I tried to sell them on the whole um we're going to play football again someday and let's be ready for that day whenever it is and the nameless faceless foe that we're going to play this first week. I'm talking about when we didn't know who we were going to play and we're hearing about conferences canceling their schedules, and uh, but I'll give our guys credit—they continued to show up, and they and they worked each day, and and they were willing to do the things that were necessary to lead us to this point.
0: Jeff Grimes, offensive coordinator, at BYU. Uh, I got to imagine with a big smile on his face after that performance against Navy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and as a former offensive lineman or a line coach and a guy that loves hanging out with the big uglies, yeah, you got to take a lot of pride in what you saw from your guys in that game.
1: Yeah, a ton of pride. And I've got a ton of respect for, for Coach Grimes. And I think it's one of the best hires we've seen in a long time for BYU. I think he has been a spectacular addition. There's a few things I like about Coach Grimes, Scotty. Number one, I think he brings a little bit of diversity because he's not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He doesn't come from the same mold that most BYU coaches come from. So he sees things a little bit different, has different conversations, and maybe a different level of understanding. And, and I like that. I want a coach there with, with that, type of, that type of background. With that being said, he is a tremendous family man. Loves his family and is, is an incredible father and an incredible husband. And I think that that's a, a really great example to the kids that he brings in. Um, I love his offensive line background but I also love all the areas that he's been to and coached under. You know, he coached with Frank Beamer at Virginia Tech. He, he coached with Ed Orgeron at at uh, lsu lsu yeah um he coached with wow man there's probably there's probably four or five other extremely high level notable coaches that he's been around with and byu's lucky to have him and he had to have been thrilled with how that front played and i also think he's got a, a lot of influence on it too
0: well and uh i mean you've uh there's been a lot of good offensive linemen that we've seen at BYU, but they never seem to develop. And it felt like, oh, this guy's going to be really good, and then we, we don't hear from him again. One thing that's really impressed me with this staff over the last several couple of years is they're getting good and recruiting good offensive linemen, but they're develop, developing them into great offensive linemen.
1: And it's been years since we've seen that.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It's one of the most disappointing factors of BYU football over the last 20 years is what they've done with their offensive line. Now, Mike Impey recruited a lot of these guys mike needs to get credit for bringing a lot of these guys including his own son who is going to be an all-american and is going to have a fantastic year i think mike empy needs some credit on the personnel but it is identifying some big body and some big talent which they should be able to recruit at byu and maybe byu gets an offensive lineman drafted for the first time since 2002 this year or next
0: it's insane. It's been that long. It's
1: the it's the dumbest number you could talk about in regards to BYU football in the draft. Yeah. All
0: right, we're live here at Tim Daly Nissan in Murray, forty five hundred South State Street. Ty's hanging out with us. He's the uh, uh, central, uh, the uh, general sales manager. And Ty, uh, forever warranty. You pick up a vehicle here, and for as long as you own it, and as many miles, it's covered. Man, I love this deal. I I I, I got to imagine a lot of people are taking advantage of that thing.
5: They are. It's been a huge uh, impact to the dealership. People wanting to take advantage of Forever Warranty, especially wanting to keep cars longer now, try to minimize their expense, especially in times like these. You want a car that you can keep for a long time and and know you're protected. And these vehicles are always priced. I mean, these vehicles are going to be on the road just based
0: on their own quality on the road a long time anyway. Absolutely. Power of the Nissan brand.
5: Yeah, and a couple of things we touched on the last uh, session about the 0%. I just got some information released today. Uh, they have an additional $1,000 on the Titan Platinum and SL models that just went in effect just now, and also the the 19 Leaf, which there's a couple of those left in our inventory, have additional $1,000. Really? So if you're on our website looking at pricing, you can just take another 1000 bucks right off that. hasn't even been updated. Hmm. I know a lot of people have had a hard time keeping the Titans in stock, but you guys got to...
0: You guys got a selection down here.
5: We have a handful of them. Um good selection, a lot of colors, trims, different models. People can't get enough of those Titans though, right? Oh, they're good. I drive one now. I love yeah? it. <laughs> You've
1: been great in a Titan for a while?
0: I have been. See, Hans and I like we grew up in the middle of nowhere, Idaho, and, and a truck was just something that you used to, to haul a trailer around. These things are like
5: luxury SUVs now. Right. Yeah, it's a daily driver for me. I mean yeah. it doesn't even get anything on the hitch, which it should, yeah, and it can, but it gets comfortable just to run to the grocery store.
0: I love it, man. Uh, and then the one thing, too, is peace of mind. We talk about peace of mind with forever warranty, but peace of mind, we got to, we're got we in the middle of a pandemic. The uh, medical-grade sanitizer is something I know you guys take a lot of pride in.
5: Right. So we invested, we partnered up with a company called Dry Pier that we do a sanitation of the vehicles, every vehicle when we take it in. Um, we're taking precautions, obviously, when we're dealing with customers and wearing masks, having... Having plastic, using, yeah, taking all the necessary steps. Make yeah. sure
0: everybody's staying safe. And, uh, you know, one thing too, when people come in with their used vehicles to trade those things in, they want to know they're getting their, the
5: best value for those used. Nobody's offering more for used than you guys are. Top dollar. It's, in fact, we're paying more for used cars than we have. I've been in the business over 15 years. I've never seen really? the values we're giving to customers today. Wow. Tell you what, you got to take advantage of it right now,
0: Ty and the crew are ready to go. It's uh, Tim Daly Nissan in Murray. Right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
2: Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott.
1: I don't know whether BYU would have beat Utah or not. No one will ever know that. But all I know is that they're capable of playing extremely well. That's what we saw last night. A team that was darn near flawless. And if they can play like that every week, I think they would give every opponent, even their original schedule, a really good game.
2: Absolutely, because they're good up front on both sides of the ball. Can you imagine watching that offensive line that we saw play last night for BYU going up against an inexperienced yet, I'm sure, talented? Defensive line for Utah. It would have been a bad oh, man. It would have been awesome. And that defensive yeah, I, I, line for I, BYU I, I, try to stop Utah's run? Yeah, it would have been great. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. <laughs>
0: Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Uh, it is time, and I'm not sure if we've had a chance to look at these yet, but uh, hold on. Where's my bag at? Have you added up over-unders yet? No. I have not done it either. You ready to take a look at it? I don't it? think
1: it's going to work out very well Oh, I for me.
0: Well, you did pick Navy to win this game. No,
1: Scotty, stop it. You stop it right there. Because I've already dealt with that. Uh, you sure?
0: Okay. All right. Fine.
1: Please tell people what happened.
0: At the last moment.
1: The day after.
0: What do you mean? The day before the game.
1: No. Well, the day after uh, the I day made the, the, the prediction, I said after I'm, I'm re- going to
0: be changing. After this. receiving some inside information.
1: I did receive some inside information.
0: It was insider trading. It was I will say this. If it does go to a tiebreaker, I would win. I don't think it will, because I had BYU winning by the largest margin. Okay. You had BYU twenty four twenty. Lloyd had twenty seventeen. I had twenty four seventeen. Okay. All right. Uh do you want to try to go through it really quick? Well, I will say this. Do you have the box score up? By I chance? do. Yeah. I'll tell you and what i actually had Navy me. winning. So I was the one on the no, other you side. you didn't Lloyd. You had BYU winning. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, I picked Navy. All right, I had you down oh. for BYU. Oh, yeah, don't
1: no, I, I had Navy. Him. All right. Well.
0: All right, well, I will say this. I don't need to look at the box score to know that uh, I have lost the first point already. I had Navy rushing yards. We set it at 339.5, and I took the over.
1: Yeah, they ended up with 119.
0: Yeah, just a bit off. So that's a point for you and Lloyd, who both took the under. Okay. Uh, Navy passing yards, we set it at 84.5.
1: They ended up with 30.
0: Uh, you and I took the under. Lloyd took the over. Uh, Navy turnovers, 1.5.
1: They ended up with uh, one. No, they ended up with none.
0: They didn't, BYU did not force any turnovers?
1: No. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, they did uh, fumble loss. They, they did have one fumble loss. Okay. Yes, yeah, so one.
0: So the under hit, so all three of us went under on that one. Uh, BYU turnovers at uh, 1.5. We had the Zach Wilson interception. Was there another turnover in there?
1: No, just the one.
0: Jeez, hands, you're going to run away with this thing.
1: Have, have I hit on all You've of them? You've hit
0: on all four of them.
1: Come on, Hans.
0: You got a two point lead 4 2 2. The only um, thing you do well, Hans. Zach Wilson passing yards. Uh, we set it at 239.5. Ooh,
1: good line. What was it? 232. Hans? It's 232. You set it at 239. Nice line.
0: No, I set it at 229.5.
1: Oh, it's 232. Okay.
0: All right. I took the over on that.
1: <laughs> Hold on. Let me see where you put it.
0: It was, see, like, it was 229.5.
1: Scotty, what? don't.
0: I don't remember. Am
2: I on the trustworthy
1: person on this show? Are you serious? <laughs> oh, wait. Let me just consult my picture here that I took five seconds right. after. It's two thirty-nine. Does that look like a
0: three or a two? That's
1: that is a that is a two thirty-nine.
0: All right, fine. All right. Who, so the, did Lloyd and I have the under? Lloyd one?
1: and I, you and Lloyd took the under on that.
0: Okay. And you're going to win this bad boy. Uh, Wilson takes every snap. No,
1: no, he did not.
0: And that's why I said it could be a blowout, could be yeah. anything. So you did miss on that one. Okay. Um, you've got a one point lead over Lloyd. You've got a two point lead over me. All right. Uh, Katoa, total carries in this game. We set it at 14.5. It was 10. Okay. I took the under on that one. So now it's going to come down to BYU rushing yards. The line was set at 149.5. <laughs> you, my friend, took the over. 301. Hands, or Lloyd and I took the under, so congratulations. Let's, Let's go. go.
1: <laughs> Barbara.
0: So let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You went six and two. I'll take it. That's pretty good. Uh Lloyd, you had uh let's see. Wow, we both had four out of five four
1: we went four and four. Me and Lloyd did. I'm gonna be tasting the rainbow. Okay. You know what we though? didn't we didn't really set your, that up. We, your your rainbow has been thirty five Jimmy Johns over the last yeah. eight months say that's about right <laughs> i've been riding and tasting the rainbow for boy did i just mention the name yeah you did my bad drop that
0: uh but overall that was a uh i mean you had a pretty good pretty good feel for that game
1: i did uh i did and the feel for the winner came it just took a minute just took a bit it just took a minute um by the way scotty something that we need to reiterate. Something that you and I really hammered in the opener, the start of the show. Anybody that's counting on this Army Middle Tennessee State film or this game to say that Army is a great team by beating Middle Tennessee 42 to nothing, I want you to know that I, along with the BYU coaching staff, have basically wadded up that game film and thrown it in the trash can. And discredited it because you can take nothing from that Navy, or sorry, that Army-Middle Tennessee State game. Middle Tennessee State is the most poorly coached, poor executing team that I've watched on film in 10 years. It was disturbingly bad.
0: And that was, I mean, you and I were talking a little bit about that just when we saw the ridiculous clock debacle at the end of the second quarter, right before halftime. and then, But then you went in and took a closer look at their film and realized, oh, my gosh, this team is all out of, all out of sorts.
1: From scheme to technique. And, and if you want to go and follow me at 975hance, I think I put out three or four clips, and I got nauseated by the end of the second quarter. Couldn't even stand to watch the second half of that game. I tweeted this out. Navy would absolutely beat Middle Tennessee State. Navy would beat Middle Tennessee State, and I bet they'd beat them somewhere around 35 to nothing. That's how bad Middle Tennessee State. And Middle Tennessee had, like, no desire to catch a football. No. It was crazy how many drop passes they had. It was crazy how bad the pocket was. And, and it's not like the pocket was terrible because – It's not like the the pocket was terrible because Army's got Warren Sapp, Michael Strahan, and Jason Pierre-Paul rushing the quarterback. They they were terrible because they're horrible on sets and angles. They're terrible because they're trying to block a defensive end with a a running back. The scheme sucked. (laughs) Their basic set sucked. Scotty, I'm not even kidding. You and I could go take over that team as head coach, and, and you take the defense and I take the offense, I promise you within a week we could have that team playing better than what they're playing. I'm embarrassed.
0: And, we, and by the way, we don't say that lightly. That's not something.
1: No, <laughs> that's not a badge we typically wear. <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever said that in no. seven years watching it because I like to respect coaching staffs. But this was pathetic. And if you don't believe me, go watch the short clips that I put out. They staggered their defensive tackles. How do you stagger a defensive tackle? And they did it in short yardage. They did it on the goal line. Yeah. What I mean by staggering, they set him a, a yard back from the line of scrimmage. And if you watch the goal line video that I posted, he's staggered into the end zone. I can't even believe it, man. On You know, on these quick cuts, you actually want to crowd the ball, Scotty. Because as the guard comes, yeah, they they can get down low pretty quickly, but the closer I am to you, the less momentum you could get as you're firing at my knees and ankles. And I can get my hands on you and push you to the ground. But if you get a little bit of momentum, I'm like, oh, he's coming up high, and then you fire at my knees with some momentum, I'm screwed. Yeah, It's not helping me take on the cut. Middle Tennessee State. Oh, gosh. Do not pass go. Do not collect your five hundred dollars you are terrible
0: you know by the way this coach uh, Rick stockstill the head coach at middle Tennessee State he's a uh, Sun Belt coach of the year in 6 and conference USA coach in eighteen then he's got to get a hold of his staff if this guy's as good a coach as he claims he is then you got you gotta you got to figure out your staff because they're letting you down right now
1: yeah they are terribly so for anybody out there that's like, whoa, Army's going to be a tough one. No, they're not. Or we just don't know. They might be tough. No, they'll, they'll be better. I think they'll be more yeah. disciplined, and, and I think they're going to be more ready than Navy was.
0: I'm just, but to your point, they could be good. They could be awful. We just don't know because Middle Tennessee State didn't provide enough on film to show you Correct. anything.
1: Nothing. I, there was nothing other that I could see and think. Oh, well, Navy's really good at the combo block. Well, yeah, they were good at the combo block against Middle Tennessee because when you're going to combo, when you stagger your D-tackle back a yard, so now you've got momentum to double-team him, and now he's closer to the linebacker that you're trying to double-team to. So think about that. Now instead of having to take a D-tackle two-and-a-half yards, three yards to meet with the linebacker to combo off, now I'm taking him a yard and I'm able to combo to that that linebacker, and get my combo blocks. And, they're, and basically they're doing it with a three-man push on the play side. That makes sense. So I'm just scratching my head. I can't even believe what they were trying to do. BYU needs to have another statement game. Like you mentioned, you know, great opportunity, again, on, on, a, on a national brand to have a statement game. Every game you're going to have to make a statement. Try to get anybody to turn their head and notice you.
0: Well, I think you brought up a really good line when you're like, hey, Kalani is going to have to be like, you know what, I, I, I respect this profession. I don't like rubbing people's nose in it. Uh, but based on their schedule, they're going to win a lot of games. And if you want to have any hopes of having some fun, at, having a lot of fun at the end of the season and be eligible, the, the college football playoffs not going to happen. But a New year 6 very well could happen. You go 8-0 and you're beating your opponents by 30, 40 points a game. It, it it very well could. It could happen. Yeah, very
1: well could. And and we'll see what happens as, you know, if if kind of your thought and prediction pans out, Scotty, if the Big Ten and Pac-12 do start up in November, we'll see what happens as bowl games come and as college football playoff comes. But as I perceived it and the, the comments that I've heard coming from the CFP, they're moving forward with, without oh, yeah. them.
0: Yeah, they're keeping their dates in place. So
1: your New Year's bowl games – are probably going to include three of the Power Fives, a couple of independents, and two Group of Five conferences.
0: I'd say more Power Fives, but yeah,
1: more, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the three Power Fives. What I mean, oh, with, oh the three oh, Power I you Five three conferences teams from Power Fives. No, no, though um, no, the three Power Five conferences are going to fill your CFP and your yeah. New Year's bowls. But outside of those three, you're, you're going to try to fill gaps with. You know, the couple of independents and, the, and the, the two group of fives. So fewer teams for same amount of spots, you're just going to have to have a lot of flash and pizzazz to turn heads. You won't be invited to the CFP. You won't. No. no. You take, take that out of your mind. You, there, if, if this is the juice you got, you don't have enough juice, they'll take a three-loss SEC team before they take BYU. So take that out of your mind. But to Scotty's point, guess what pays off really well? A New Year's game.
0: And all that money goes right to you. Yep. You don't have to share it, you don't have to give it to anybody. It's all yours. All right, 144. We'll get you uh, set for the big show. Final segment coming up next. Hands and Scotty right here on 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network.
2: This is DJ and PK. Jason good morning you're on the air with DJ and PK.
5: you guys are the champions of Morning Talk Radio. Oh
4: nice and one is this queen DJ that reminds is me of DJ. Queen of soccer. <laughs> What did you say? You had a, you broke up a little bit. Could you repeat that? Those two reasons? Say it again. I said because you guys are the champions of morning sports talk radio yes. and DJ's the queen of soccer. DJ and PK are the champions of morning radio and DJ individually is the queen of soccer. I like it. It makes complete and total sense to me.
2: Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5 1280 The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network.
0: Hans Olson, Scott Gerard, wrapping up another edition of the Cougar Preview Show right here on the Zone Sports Network. We'd love nothing more than to be able to uh, talk specifically about a game coming up this week. However, and it's not meant to be. We'll have to wait another. Uh, how much of a problem do you think it is uh, for BYU that Army will be playing their third game, whereas BYU will be playing their second?
1: Maybe a little bit. You know, because those first two games for Army, it, it's going to be a nice warm-up. It's going to be a, a, a nice to kind of figure out where your leaks are. You know, by game three, you've got some of your personnel issues figured out. You've got some of the leaks figured out. You know, you've tried a couple of things in scheme through the first week of of preparation in camp, and through the first two weeks of live games, and you've realized that that's not going to work. So you got to change up some scheme. But with that being said, you know BYU has a really great game against the option against Navy has opportunity to a little extended uh, research time, a little extra film, being able to evaluate two of Army games and. And Army will only be able to evaluate one BYU game, so there's probably more pluses on the Army side yeah. because of the offense that they run than there is on BYU side. Spinning that extra time off.
0: All right, uh, can I uh, can I move away from BYU for a second? I need to I need to get into your doc, get you into doc talk mode.
1: Yeah, what's going on? Because
0: this is not an injury that I am familiar with. We, you know, usually you and I have been doing this enough. Uh, and if you're in sports radio for a while, you, you start to know about injuries and you hear about injuries and you, and you can almost kind of diagnose a little bit on how long people are going to be out. Uh, this is a new one. And I know Lloyd's back there doing a little dance, but Von Miller, his injury is a dislocated perineal tendon. Essentially the tendon flipped over the ankle bone, uh, best option, usually surgery uh, general recovery time about five to six months.
1: Don't know the pretty. I don't. know I've that not tender. heard.
0: That's a that's a new one.
2: Oh man, that's too bad.
0: I know. Shut up, Lloyd. No, really. That's, that. that's 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 a bummer. That's. Can you talk to him? I'm being serious. That's bad. <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty classless what he's doing right now. I Boy, said we are that's a bummer about a
1: man's career.
0: Yeah, that's like that's a that's a dude's end. I'm being serious. That about. is a bummer.
1: Like yeah. like I get it. Like sometimes we do have fun. But No, I
2: wanna I want the Raiders to beat the Broncos when they're at full strength. That's not gonna feel good.
0: Well, you know that's not gonna happen. So now when the Raiders win, you'd be like doesn't feel as good because Von Miller's not out there.
1: Yeah, it won't. Yeah. I don't know much about that, but if it's a five week recovery, I'd expect Vaughn back in three.
0: No, five to six months. Now he's done for oh. the year.
1: No wonder Lloyd's back there laughing. I know. I'm not like laughing. You stop. There. Did you see? He's giggling like a schoolgirl.
2: Yeah. He went a little yeah. dumb and dumber there.
1: I'm giddy <laughs> like so a schoolgirl. So there school you go. Girl.
0: No, uh, no, Von Miller for the Broncos. Which that's awesome. That's great.
1: Um, well, you've always got the fact that the Raiders have no talent. So that's true. See, you got that. The Raiders don't have to sprain an ankle to lose talent. See? Just give them a draft. Things
0: are good. <laughs> just give them a draft, and they'll stock <laughs> a team full of non-talented players.
2: Okay, so now you're just going to turn attack. I'm not even attacking.
1: No, I just didn't like that you laughed about it <laughs> I didn't like I didn't laugh. I said, that's a there. bummer. That's a
0: bummer. Guys, <laughs> he's a, guys, he's a you hell realize, of a
1: player to watch. He's fun to watch. Do you realize the NFL opens up tomorrow? I know, right? Man, we've got NFL football coming up tomorrow. I can't wait to park in front of a TV and "quote unquote" work.
0: Yes, I I'm, I can't wait for Sunday. Honestly, I love it, man. A lot of work, a lot of work on Sunday.
1: But you know what, Scotty, I'm committed to it.
0: This is this is what we do for you, the listener. We're here for you. This is
1: the occupation we chose. A lot
0: We work weekends for you. <laughs> All right, Ty's hanging out with this uh, sales manager here at Tim Daly Nissan in Murray uh and ty i know you guys you guys are doing real work down here and you're helping a lot of people getting into these new vehicles you got nine models that are zero percent financing for 72 months it's it's ridiculous
5: it is ridiculous most cars they've ever had in their lineup was zero percent is that i mean
0: I, I i mean you look at a titan and maybe an armada you're looking at tens of thousands of dollars there aren't you i mean Absolutely. it's a lot of money
5: yeah titans go up to 60, 60 plus thousand dollars so that's you knock 0% on that, and you're good to go. Uh, what, what are, uh,
0: let's talk about the Rogue. Number one selling SUV in the country right now. And uh, you can get that bad boy on a lease for what, like 229 239 a month?
5: 229 if you're well qualified. All-wheel drive. Wow. Um, number one selling SUV in the country, yeah. Let's talk about some
0: of the, uh, you got some information that just came down the wire, too.
5: So I just got new information. In fact, to touch on the Rogue, there's also a $500 bonus cash. On the Rogue, that just was announced today, additional 1,000 on the Platinum and the SL Titan, and additional 1,000 on our remaining 19 Leafs. Oh. So those that, especially in Salt Lake Community, and the Leafs a great vehicle as well, because the range on them, you can get Ogden to Provo Wow! on charge. Uh,
0: you know, and that's where I think a lot of people are kind of waiting on, on some of those vehicles, like they want that charge to get up a little bit more, and now you're right in that range. We're there. Yeah. yeah we're there. Those things really get up and go, too. They do. Hans and I drove one once. Yeah. You we know, the a couple big dudes in there. It still had some power. So nice.
1: Such a great vehicle.
0: Uh, and, and a lot of people looking to save money, too. Uh, the 0% financing, uh, the, the used, you guys are more than generous on used vehicles, too, on, on trade-ins.
5: Trade-ins, we're, uh, I spoke to this earlier. We have given more money than I've ever seen in 15 years on trading values. Yeah.
0: It's uh, it, it, you'd, be, you'd be crazy not to come down here. Tim Daly, Nissan in Murray, 4500 South State Street. How let you guys open today? Oh, we're here until 8 p.m. All right, so come down. You have plenty of time today. Take advantage of these savings. Ty, thanks, man. We appreciate it. Thanks, yeah, Ty. Thank you. All right. Big show coming up next. Remember, Dennis Lindsay will be on the big show coming up at 5.05 today. So you'll hear from uh, Dennis, get his thoughts on the Jazz this offseason. A lot of big questions to be answered. Uh, Dennis Lindsay will join the program coming up today at 5.05 Right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.